Welcome to the Focus and Chill podcast, where we discuss sustainable productivity and habit formation while avoiding the allure of hustle culture. Every episode, we interview guests who have got a solid habit and productivity game. We're your hosts, Joey. Hi. And Jeremy. He's Jeremy. Joey's a published author. I'm self-published, though. Has a background in psychology. Not registered, though. Has a deep interest in humans. Only some of humans. And a strong interest in habits and connections specifically. Mm, that's true. And Jeremy is a software developer with ADHD. And when he's not trying to come up with ways to stop himself burning rice, he enjoys doing a three-hour morning routine and surprising colleagues by doing sets of push-ups during meetings to keep the energy high. The Focus and Chill podcast is brought to you by Focus Bear, a habit and productivity app that makes healthy habits and deep work the path of least resistance. If you have a tendency to check emails or scroll through Instagram first thing in the morning, but long to develop a meditation and exercise habit first thing, Focus Bear can help you. The app blocks distractions on all your devices and guides you through your habits one at a time. Throughout the day, Focus Bear assists you to stay in deep work by blocking websites and apps that are unrelated to your chosen focus mode. Life's not all about work though. You'll be prompted to take regular breaks to rest your eyes and stretch your muscles. At the end of the day, Focus Bear helps you switch off. Work-related apps get hidden so you can unwind and sleep well. Check out the app by going to focusbear.io. Welcome to episode 11 of the Focus and Chill podcast. We're lucky to have Sandy Shu as our guest today. Sandy is passionate about the transition to net zero carbon emissions. She is a renewable energy analyst, the convener of the Sustainability Book Club, and obsessed with finding low-carbon running shoes. She's also Jeremy's wife. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me here. Sandy, we want to ask you many questions, beginning with a bit more about your work. Can you tell us about what you get up to during your working hours? Yeah, sure. Um, just tell um, the audience a bit about myself, the work I do for my day job. I am an energy analyst. I'm working for a renewable energy um, company. So they generate um, renewable energy and I'm one of the analysts in the analytics team um, to make sure to run through uh, some models to generate the forecast such as the wind farm, solar farm and other um generation access and also doing a bit of like um, modeling of how the future um, electricity or gas for the um, retail customers they would use. So that's mainly my job and what I do for work. Got it. Does that mean when you say modeling, are you making models out of clay, little wind turbines? Or tell us a bit more about the modeling approach you use. Yeah, it just really depends on what we need um, for different um, generation access. For example, um, so there's an electricity generation asset that um, I have at work. The modeling approach is using Python, um, the programming language, to call up the optimization script to optimize what time of the day this particular um, asset they need to generate electricity and we always aim to generate electricity at a high price point um, 
in Australia, we have this um, electricity market. They be in the five minutes interval. Like the prices will change every five minutes now. So it's really important for um, the company to make sure they capture the high price points and be able to generate electricity at high price and then give it to um, customers. So it sounds quite important in terms of making sure that enough electricity is going to be available. Is that a lot of what it involves, making sure that this company can actually keep the lights on for people in Australia? Yeah, definitely. Um, As what you said, Jeremy, it's quite important to make sure the asset can generate electricity um, to make sure Australia can keep their lights on when we... Like, for example, now during the podcast, we do need the internet and electricity to run it. Um, and also when we do cooking as well, it's quite important we make sure the reliability of the electricity. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds very important. I'm, I'm glad we do have electricity right now. And you also, I believe you, you not only do work like that during your working hours, but you also are potentially a glutton for punishment and you may have enrolled in a Masters of Data Science and you may be 95% of the way through that. Do you want to tell us about your study as well? Yeah, so aside from my day job, um, nine to five, five days a week, I also do a part-time study in a Masters of Data Science degree with a, with a university in Sydney. I did two subjects last semester, so one of them is um, a research project. It's mainly using um, how to use optimization and also um, Python scripts to build models about to predict the longevity of the EV batteries. So it's kind of like time consuming for me um, to spend on the research project and all the studies as well. But at the same time, I also really enjoy doing the studies. And I think it's kind of like complementary to the work I do at work. Um, at work, I might analyze data looking at the five minutes interval of the electricity generation and doing the electricity forecast and also the generation modeling. And this research project that I study um, and been working on with my supervisors um, are really interesting so that I can build something new from scratch, looking at the batteries from from EVs, and hopefully that could be um, a more useful um, project in the future that we could like actually predict the um, the longevity of the EV batteries. And so we can predict the failure when a EV battery comes to the end of the life and then we can tell the EV owner, well, that's the time you need to get a new battery and try to avoid the fire or like any road um, incidents when EV owners driving the EVs. Okay. And, and just because I'm bad at acronyms, EV stands for elephant-driven vehicle? No, it's, it stands for um, electric vehicles. Sorry okay, about that. Sense. I should give a bit more context on that. Yeah, nice. And how about the rest of your time, Sandy? Do you get any off time? And if so, what do you enjoy doing during your off time? Yeah, um, if I don't work or study, I also run a book club um, about sustainability or climate-related books. So what I normally do is not quite like 
run that every month, but every quarter or every now and then, whenever I have time, I have a small group of friends that we would come together and decide a book that we would like to read, and also would talk about the book during the meeting. And I've got a book club meeting um coming up tomorrow evening, so that we can um get together and talk about the books that we read or we are. We want want to read in the future as well. Giving you some examples of the books I've here been reading this together weekend is about how to tackle the climate change and then a few more viable actions for not just Australian but other people like around the globe that can do to help stop climate change or even slower the climate change. And I've got a book. I just got it today, and I'm really looking forward to read during my holiday break. Um, it's called Earth Shop. Um, I haven't started reading it yet. It's recommended by one of my friends. Um, we used to work at WWF. Um, previously, and he recommended this book to me, and about how to action on climate change as well. So I'm really looking forward to read it. I've been a, an attendee of the book club and have really enjoyed it myself as well. So maybe that might be something that you can share details for if other people would like to be part of it. Yeah, definitely. I can share the um, meetup link to Jeremy and Joey at the end of the the, the podcast, and then you can um, spread the word. Maybe more people can come join us and have a more um a bigger conversation about the books that we are going to read and the actions we want to take mm, definitely we'd like to hear now about your morning routine do you read books as part of the morning routine or is that your evening routine yeah no um reading books is kind of like my evening routine in the morning um my morning routine is slightly different than my evening routine in the morning when I get up now I get into the habit of like using muse it's a meditation headset like can detect your brainwave I pull it on my head somewhere around here and then using an app on my iPad and then I can do guided meditation or sometimes I just do not guided meditation depends on what I want to do and after that I also do journaling um, I do have different styles of journaling I like to do in the morning. I tend to do some free writing. Well, there's always three things that I write on. The first thing is, what am I grateful for? And the second thing is, what am I looking forward for today? And the last thing what I write on is, what do I want to let go of? So I always write on these three things to start with my morning journaling. And then I will do some free style writing if I have something that I would like to write about or some resentment that I would want to write about as well. Anything that I would want to write about, I'll do it in the morning. And then I got quite a few other morning routines after that. I came across this concept called um, habit stacking and that's why I try to do all these morning routines all together in the morning when I get out or as the first thing. So after that, I will do a five-minute hit session. I'm trying to like activate my brain and my body as well or if I don't do hit sessions, I will normally go for a walk with Jeremy around the block. 
And after that, I also do Anki. So Anki is a flash car um, app. I do it on my iPad normally because I'm doing the Masters of Data Science study. There are a lot of concepts that I don't understand or I have learned before, but I need to refresh my memory. So I would put the car deck. Um, so how it works is on the front of the app or when I open the app, um, I can see on the front that I will have a car ask me, for example, or uh, what is cost entropy. And then when I have to answer it myself, and then I write myself, oh, am I good at this? Can I answer this question really fast? And then say, good, not good, something like that. And then you flip around the car and see the answer. So you can check your answers. So that's what I do. Um, I think in the past, I don't do Anki Fetch Car regularly. And what I found is sometimes when I went to the lecture or when I have to cram for my final exam, I have to like really, really study hard at the end of the semester. But by doing this Anki that Fetch Car deck thing, and I always like can refresh my memory because it comes in different sequence and orders. So I can always like pick up the things that I think I need neck or I need to refresh my memories of. And I think as a consequence, I think I have more confidence in learning this machine learning data science concepts now and being more confident in coding because I also do data cam as my the last set of morning routines that I do. So I'll spend 10 minutes on data cam every day now. This is a new habit because like, I didn't do data cam before and my coding was really bad. And since I'm now doing more data cam, um, taking notes as well, I'm more confident. Well, slightly more confident. I can't say I'm really good at coding, but just getting more confident in coding and make myself to be like emerged with the things that I need to learn and do it as the very first thing in my morning would just make me feel like, okay, yes, I achieved something. I, I've done this and that makes me really good. Um, that's my morning routine. I, I can't speak highly enough for getting, getting some hard stuff done in the morning, especially when it comes to learning and exercising and then, and then stacking learning on top of that is, is a really great stack. And I, I'm also a, a huge advocate of space repetition for, for learning as well, especially if it's something you want to retain long-term and you're not just doing it because you're being taught to the test yet. So those are some really cool habits. Thank you for sharing. I'm, I'm also wondering during your, during your working hours, how do you like to optimize your productivity? Yeah. During work, I, I believe something is called um, manage your energy rather than manage your time. I found that for me, I can't speak of anyone else. For me, I find that the peak performance of my time of the day is between 9 a.m. to 11, maybe 10, 30, 11 a.m.-ish. That's my main... Um, I can really do a chunk of like data, related work, or like anything that requires a lot of brain power because I feel like that's the time I have my breakfast I feel really good my brain just like I can fire up my brain and do all this like if I need to do some data coding work I can 
definitely can handle those kind of work. But what what was it like if you asked me to do some spreadsheets or modeling or coding in the afternoon? I might not be able to do it quite well because my brain <laughs> after lunch maybe or. In Australia, we don't really do naps. Was this like when I grew up in China in primary school or high school? We always have this two dedicated nap time between twelve to two. So I I would be able to do some more work in the afternoon. Was this like in Australia? I I wasn't able to. I don't have the luxury. So I found that quite difficult um to do some heavy thinking work in the afternoon. I will always like schedule meetings, checking emails, or doing any writing, um documentation that kind of like that's requiring brain power of work in the afternoon. And I think I will pick up a bit. There's a little bit of like pick up in the late afternoon after dinner. So. That's the time I mostly do my studies if I am in a semester. So that's how I normally prioritize the most important thing or like deep work time during between nine a.m. to eleven a.m. ish, um, so I can get things out of my way as well. Cool. Anything else you find helps with productivity? Yeah, I think. I've been using a lot of things to try to help myself not getting distracted. Um, for work, it's a bit difficult. Sometimes I would just create a meeting for myself and block the time on my calendar so my colleagues they can't come and talk to me or they can't just schedule anything in with me. So I block the time. Um, for studies during the weekends, um. Well, I have been using the Focus Bear, the app Jeremy built, and I think it's really good because throughout the weekend and it's not in a work environment, I tend to like okay, I I need to do this research project, I need to write this introduction of my assignment, but then I got really distracted. I want to check out my Facebook page. I want to check out other social media accounts. And it's because it's in a different environment as well from work and study, and I tend to get distracted a lot from my study. And I've been using Focus Bear. It's good that it just blocks the websites that I I would tend to use. I tend to use like Facebook, other social medias, and also I really like the breaks in between of like um. The the study the blocks I created this kind of like from a demo um blocks every twenty five minutes I will just do this task and then I'll have a break in between so that I can stretch my legs and then come back and do another block of work I think that's really good so I think that's the I think it it just really helped me to go through my assignments as well I remember in the past. Few months, I've got like nine assignments in total, and I have to use this app to like try to stay away from these distractions, and make sure I get proper breaks and then do the work. And I really like the feature that I can lock the time as well because I get to know when I look back, I get to know oh what have I achieved versus like in the past I would just like. Oh, get distracted by other websites that I want to browse, and then I didn't know what I achieved, and I got really stressed. 
at the last minute and say, "Ah, oh, no, I need to, I need to, I need to submit my assignment. I haven't even write any words." The the other technique that I'd be curious about your thoughts on is body doubling as well, because that's something we've been experimenting with. Have you found that useful? And maybe you can explain what that involves. Yeah. So. Giving um, the audience a bit context of the body doubling. So Jeremy and I have been trying, well, we've been experimenting the body doubling, how it works. So how it works is we tell each other um, the plan for the next 20 minutes, what we are going to do. So say Jeremy would tell me he's going to check his emails in the next 20 minutes and I will tell him I'm going to write the introduction part of my assignment. So at the end of the 20 or 25 minutes block, and then we will go back to the other party and then ask them, have you achieved this? And what are they going to, whether they have achieved the task, what are they going to do in the next like 25 minutes, the block? So I think it's quite good. It gives me a, some kind of like accountability to it. And even though he's my husband, I would still feel ashamed like if I didn't do the thing that I wanted to achieve. So I think that's a good way to have like some sort of like peer pressure, I would say, to tell us to tell other people what you are going to do and then make sure you're going to do it. So I think it works. But the problem with that is if Jeremy doesn't work at home if he was in the office and then I think it's a bit difficult to reach out to to him and then I'll be less disciplined. Yeah, it's helpful on the days we're both working from home. And I, I guess it's something that can be done with apps as well. There's Focusmate and Cave Day and recently the people at Goals One have come up with a, an app called Watch Me Work where okay. you, you hire someone to look at your screen and then if you start getting distracted, they'll send you a chat message saying, hey, maybe you don't need to be going down this Wikipedia rabbit hole right now. doesn't do seem aligned with it? what you committed to at the start. How do they know that you're actually looking at the right page, like using the right app though? So you reckon you'd have another monitor where you're secretly procrastinating on a different oh, monitor? Like and, you just and you... use your iPad or iPhone and then you pretend that you're looking at the screen, but... Yeah, actually looking at something else. Yeah. I mean, the, the best is if you're sitting next to each other and both people are working on it together, almost like pair programming. But yeah. Anything yeah. along those lines is probably helpful. I find even for me, just the act of verbalizing what I aim to achieve, that helps me to have a sense of accountability. It's not necessarily that I'd feel ashamed, but just that by it, it helps me to set the intention within myself by telling someone else as well. Yeah, I guess that's why people, that's why there's an existence of the library. People can study in the library, work in the library. And before COVID period, I, I would, I would still remember my days when I study CPA, um, trying to get my, um, accountant, um, degrees. And then I, I, I just run to the library every single day so I can get focused. Versus if I study from home, I'll just get distracted and do it. I might just lie in bed for the whole day and not doing anything. Was this like work, studying in the library? At least I've got some peer pressure and people watching me up to study and kind of like people walk past, look at my screen. I can't really do anything bad. 
<laughs> yeah, can definitely help. Sounds like you've got quite an intense life, really. You've got your work, you've got your study, you're married to quite an intense person. How do you switch off in the evening? Yeah, that's a good question. How do I switch off? I, As I mentioned before, I also do some journaling in the evening. I think my evening journaling, I've got a different book. It's a slightly different. It's more writing down what happened throughout the day, um, how I feel about the day. And I would like to also like plan for the next day. I've got this kind of like a person it's called a productivity planner i got that from office words and then it's kind of like got a timeline of like what the day look like the next day any important task i will just write it down to here um i found that like the days that when i do the evening journaling and planning for the day for the next day i have um I'm more. I feel like I've got a lot done throughout the day, and I can sleep better. Versus sometimes, if I got too many assignments um, to to write, and I didn't have enough time to plan for the next day, I get really nervous. Like when I sleep, I would tend to worry about, or oh, do I have enough time to do every single task the next day, and what should I do? I would start like going through a rubber hole in my mind and I couldn't really sleep well versus like I found that sometimes regardless how busy I was some of the days when I write down what I need to do the next day the tasks I just feel like okay I know what I'm going to do I, I, I don't have to spend time in the morning and do this all over again plan for my day so I can sleep much better so that's part of the things that I've been doing and trying to get better at that, as I said, I'm not really consistent with it. So hopefully I will become more consistent. And the other thing I like to do is just reading a page or two. As you can see, I put bookmarks on most of the books. So I just randomly grab some books. Some days I might feel like I want to read a climate-related book and I'll just read a page or two and then it just put me to sleep better. Um, I prefer a physical paper book rather than looking at my screen. In the past, I tried to use a Kindle or iPad to read, but I ended up not reading. I just doing like or looking at WeChat, Facebook, just really wasting my time. So yeah, highly recommend it. Reading a paper book. Yeah, that's that's wonderful, Sandy. I was just wondering, you were talking about earlier how you like to there's a there's a period of alertness that you have towards the evening and you like to study during that time and I, I think you were just saying recently um that when you've got a lot of assignments to do they can they can spill into your into your wind down routine where you might have otherwise spent the time trying to plan your next day and then you get anxious about the next day and you might not sleep well and then you don't have energy in the next day and then the the, the cycle repeats do you have do you have any ways of, of breaking breaking that cycle so you're able to get back on track? Yeah, I think speaking from my personal experience, some of the things that I think it worked for me, it's definitely during the, the planning of the next day. It just really helps me to sleep quite well um, if I get into a really intense study period because I, I, I'm that type of person I need to know what I'm 
what I need to do the next day and what kind of things I need to take off. I think that's definitely one thing I found that quite useful um, to do that. And the second thing is for winding down, it's just shutting off computers, um, any digital devices that would be really helpful. I don't know whether this is scientifically proof, but I think people said to me, like, if you stop the blue light from the digital devices, they're actually affecting your brain and your eyes, and you might find that hard to sleep as well. And the third thing, I think, is having a hot shower. That would definitely help me to put me in a good sleep. I am that type of person I like having a hot shower or at least having a foot spa um, so that I can sleep much better. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. And what habits would you like to most remove from your life? You've talked about some really good habits that you've got currently, but tell me about some that you'd like to remove. Yeah, the hips of them. Like, for me, not being able to consistently doing the morning routine and evening routine or parts of it. Um, for example, for morning routines, I am at the beginning when I started to add data cam, um, like the coding part of my morning routine, I really feel resistant to it because I feel like, okay, so what, how does that help if I do five minutes or 10 minutes coding exercise in the morning? Would that really help me? How much can I learn from it? I really, I don't like the idea of like having this scramble, like small slot of time to do studies. I would prefer to have like extended period of like study. I would, I would prefer to like, okay, I need to do coding. I need to learn this, how to import C codes into Python from end to end. But I see the benefit now because now I've been doing a lot of programming at work and I just feel like it's always a point here and there. I wasn't really comfortable or I didn't know how to do it. And it's just that little particular, maybe one code of one line of the code or a few things here and there that really like stopped me. But if I consistently like doing the data cam and learning things from here and there and that that would definitely help me. So I think it's something that I would really like myself to like being consistent and try to do like coding um, more often and just overcome this fear of, oh, I need to learn something from end to end. I can't just learn a word or two and then I have to um, drop it. So I think that's something that I would like to see myself to do. Um, and also the evening routines as well. Um, I think Jeremy suggests we should do um, yoga f as part of our wind down routine. And <laughs> we started like last week and we just did it one day and then the other days, <laughs> two days. Okay. And I just had excuses. It's like, oh no, I've got to do this spreadsheet. No, no, I have to do all these dish dishes. And I think I found. I found it that I always find excuses not to do one or some tasks or the the routines in the morning and in the evening, and I think I need to like just get rid of this like resistance of not doing it, not doing that, and I think I really need to drill down to the details of asking myself why, why will I 
be so like resist of doing this particular task. And I can see in my focus bear, there's a, a habit tracker as well. And see, I can see some days I like consistently missing the data cam. Why will I do that? So I think, yeah, really, that's a, a great reflection for myself to reflect at the end of the year and look at whether that's something that I want to do or how can I motivate myself to be better and to be more consistent in doing these routines. Mm. What do you think about, because you're reading Tiny Habits and you have been reading Atomic Habits as well, where they talk about doing almost a, a trivial amount of an activity, doing one push-up or one minute of data camp, just tying up your shoelaces and not necessarily going for a run. Do you believe that or do you think it's a bit of a, a myth and it's better to do larger chunks, maybe less frequently? I guess it really depends on the tasks that you want to do. Say in the morning, today, this morning, when I look at you, you try to brush your teeth and then you start cleaning up the um, the basin. I think that's a really good thing to do because small, small things that would really accumulate um, and makes the day much better when you do it at the same time. Tasks like daily life, like cleaning up the kitchen after you use, I think that's definitely a good thing to do. But in terms of like extensive like study during a research project and say you want to do a literature review on eerie longevity, I would still prefer not doing this um, task like for five minutes and then you go away and do something else. Maybe I could use that five minutes to plan what kind of like um, literature articles I want to review, um, what kind of like search engines that I want to use. Those planning would be useful like in the small amount of time. But if I want to do like study or like coding up a, a, a model and I, I still want to, I, I still prefer to spend more time on it and not just using like this kind of like time slots in your life to do it i guess it really depends on the task mm. yeah because i guess it's phrased in say those books that it's the minimum but it's not necessarily the limit that you could do more if you wanted to but still doing five minutes is probably better than nothing but it, yeah, I agree. it, it, it does seem what you're saying does make sense to me that say if you're trying to get into a literature review it's going to take your brain five minutes to actually land and so if you're only spending five minutes total you're probably not going to achieve that much but it's probably still better in terms of creating momentum than doing nothing at all yeah i agree yeah creating momentum is quite important and i think it also depends on whether you have other habits that you want to do um after that like you have to allow some buffer time and sometimes that, oh, yeah, I start reading this page and I find it interesting and then you end up reading the whole book, but then you might waste the entire day. So, yeah, it really depends. Mm. I feel like you've dodged the question here. You've talked about what habits you would like to enhance, but you haven't talked about any that you'd like to remove. Yeah, that's a good question. Today I went to this conference. Um, is uh, it's a talk by Daniel Pink, um, uh, one of the famous writers about um, is that anti-fragile written by him, 
on I think Drive um, is Drive. Yep, 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 Drive. And when it's written by him, the topic he was talking about is the um the five things that you want to do in 2023 next year. The first item on his list is like to write down a to don't to don't list the things that you don't want to do. I think for me for me I think the first thing is like don't spend too much time on my phone or iPad because it's really terrible because the focus bear is only installed on my um computer. It's not installed on my iPad and my phone. I have the tendency sometimes like if I really wanna go and check out what happened in my Facebook or like what messages people send to me and I'll just use Facebook on my iPad is not locked by Focus Bear, so I can easily spend wow hours like chatting to other people or like watching YouTube. Yeah, that's definitely something I wanna to remove. Yeah, maybe it's something that it's acceptable to do as part of your wind down, but you want to have a certain amount of time that you you want to spend on it. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm really hoping that the um. The focus bear can sing with my iPad, my phone, and my laptop. So I don't have the excuse. And I have to come and ask Jeremy to give me the password to unlock me. I'm sure he won't. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll work on that. It sounds like that might be one of the resources that you find helpful in terms of books, philosophies, or apps. Besides focus bear, what philosophies and books would you find most helpful? You've talked about when, and uh, I guess you, you showed us that you have Atomic Habits in the house, uh, and you yes, mentioned okay. Tiny Habits before. Yes. What other books and resources would you recommend? Yeah, I, before Focus Bear, I also use an app called Forrest, um to help me to be more focused on my studies. So Forrest is an app. Um, I installed it on my phone before, and then so you do a 25 minutes or whatever time limit you want to set as a set of time that you want to do a deep work and then you will set it and then when you achieve it you can't really touch your phone because the app just locks your phone unless you pick up a call and then they would um, help you to plan a tree and then you can see at the end of the the month the year and then you can see a forest because you plan lots of trees but if you touch your phone or you get distracted and then the tree will just get cute so you want to have more as many trees as you want so that's the app i used before um focus bear and i found it quite useful because i can't touch my phone ipad um however the the downside is it doesn't really i don't know whether they will lock your computer screens or like block the websites so like i found some leeways <laughs> previously in my study I, w- I was able to like do some to check out the websites i was not supposed to check out so that's one other resource that i use in terms of books yes um atomic habits as jeremy mentioned um i read it when it came out i think in 2018 19 using audible i wasn't getting much of it i almost forgot most of it so i got a paper copy now trying to read more and then do some notes i really like the bits when they talk about habit stacking and that's what jeremy say was saying before um in the past i i don't really have a really 
like rigid morning routine. I would do meditation and then do yoga, but then sometimes I just really completely not do anything. And because I don't have this like habit stacking together, now I get to this morning routine, I'll know that the first thing I do is meditation and then I'll do journaling, hit the kind of things that throughout the day. So it's kind of like come into um, my body and my brain get into a memory stage that I would just like get up and do these things. And I think also I have been reading a Chinese um, philosophy book. It's all about life and general advice. I like I quite like what they say in like um being more disciplined and what they said is you need to resist um all the temptations so that you can become like achieve really good outcomes at work. So I think some of the things they say, yeah, it's like common sense, everyone knows that, but when you read about it in the way that they articulate in Chinese language, I found that as yeah, quite interesting to read it, and the more I read it, I have a deeper understanding of like, what shall I do in my life? Like, what shall I focus on? And what what shall I be um, focusing my time and energy on on the things? Wonderful, Sandy. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Where can people connect with you or find your work? Yeah, so I've got a link in um, profile, so people can reach out to me. Um, through LinkedIn and I also have a meetup um, the meetup page is the sustainability book club so if you want to join the book club read the book and have a conversation yeah feel free to join the book club wonderful and we'll put all those links in the show notes do you have any final words or ask for our audience yeah I would like to use one of the um, Chinese proverbs. Um, it's in Chinese it's well, I'll just say that in Chinese first. It's it's called 千里之行,始于足下. What it means is like a journey of a thousand miles start with a single step. Um, I found that, yeah, it's very true. And after reading Atomic Habits and Tarnet Habits and all these productivity books, and it's all be- it all begins with like a little tiny action and determination that okay i want to change my life i want to be better i want to be more productive and just this one single action thought that like leads you to doing more things and hopefully achieving more in the future it's just like climbing a mountain (laughs) i've got a drawing from jeremy (laughs) to me it's like okay it's quite painful to climb at the bottom of the hill but once you you start the journey and then you were eventually going up at the at the top of the hill and then found it easy to climb the mountain. So hopefully, yeah, it will be useful for someone going through a tough journey and just don't forget everything will start with a single step. Wonderful. And we'll wrap the show with that. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Focus and Chill podcast. To listen to other episodes, jump onto podcast.focusbear.io. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a good fit, email us at team at focusbear.io. Otherwise, stay focused, stay chilled and peace out.